In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Grant us peace, O Lord, in our days, for there is no other who will fight for us, save but you, our God. The following is a continuation of my reading of St. Thomas Aquinas's Summa Contra Gentiles, Book 1, starting on Chapter 3. So if you've not listened to Chapters 1 and 2 in the introduction, I suggest you go back and listen to that first. Faith and Reason, Chapter 3 In what way it is possible to make known the divine truth? Since, however, not every truth should be made known in the same way, and it is the part of an educated man to seek for conviction in each subject only so far as the nature of the subject allows, as the philosopher most rightly observes, as quoted by Boethius, it is necessary to show first of all in what way it is possible to make known the aforesaid truth. Now in those things which we hold about God, there is truth in two ways. For certain things that are true about God wholly surpass the capability of human reason. For instance, that God is three in one. But there are certain things to which even natural reason can attain. For instance, that God is, that God is one, and others like these, which even the philosophers, being guided by the light of natural reason, proved demonstratively about God. That certain divine truths wholly surpass the capability of human reason and most, is most clearly evident. For since the principle of all the knowledge which the reason acquires about a thing is the understanding of that thing's essence, because according to the philosopher's teaching, the principle of a demonstration is what a thing is. And I'll just make a note here that he's saying that that's what the definition of essence is. Essence is what a thing is. It follows that our knowledge about a thing will be in proportion to our understanding of its essence. Therefore, if the human intellect comprehends the essence of a particular thing, such as a stone or a triangle, no truth about that thing will surpass the capability of human reason. But this does not happen to us in relation to God, because the human intellect is incapable by its natural power of attaining to the comprehension of his essence. For our intellect's knowledge, according to the mode of the present life, originates from the senses, and thus things which are not objects of sense cannot be comprehended by the human intellect except insofar as knowledge of them is gathered from sensibles. Now sensibles cannot lead our intellect to see in them what God is, because they are effects unequal to the power of their cause. And yet our intellect is led by sensibles to the divine knowledge, so as to know about God that he is, and other such truths which need to be ascribed to the first principle. Accordingly, some divine truths are attainable by human reason, while others altogether surpass the power of human reason. Now, to basically summarize in very simple terms what he's saying here is that we can understand what a triangle is and comprehend that because that's a finite thing, just as we can understand and comprehend other finite things. But God is infinite, and so what God is is something that we cannot fully comprehend. However, we can understand certain things about him, which he is talking about here and will, I assume, go on to talk about more in detail. Again, the same is easy to see from the degrees of intellects. 
For if one of two men perceives a thing in his in, with his intellect with greater subtlety, the one whose intellect is of a higher degree understands many things which the other is altogether unable to grasp, as instance in a yokel who is utterly incapable of grasping the subtleties of philosophy. Now the angelic intellect surpasses the human intellect more than the intellect of the cleverest philosopher surpasses that of the most ignorant idiot. For an angel knows God through a more ex excellent effect than does man, as much as the angel's essence through which he is led to know God by natural knowledge is more excellent than sensible things, even than the soul itself by which the human intellect mounts to the knowledge of God. And the divine intellect surpasses the angelic intellect much more than the angelic surpasses the human. For the divine intellect, by its capacity, equals the divine essence. Hence, God perfectly understands of himself what he is, and he knows all things that can be understood about him. But the angel does not know what God is by his natural knowledge, because the angel's essence, by which he is led to the knowledge of God, is in effect unequal to the power of its cause. Consequently, an angel is unable to grasp by his natural knowledge all that God understands about himself. Neither is human reason capable of grasping all that an angel understands by his natural power. Accordingly, just as a man would show himself to be a most insane fool if he declared the assertions of a philosopher to be false because he was unable to understand them, much more so would a man would be exceedingly foolish if he were to suspect of falsehood the things revealed by God through the ministry of his angels, because they cannot be the object of reason's investigations. Furthermore, the same is made abundantly clear by the deficiency which we experience every day in our knowledge of things. For we are ignorant of many of the properties of sensible things, and in many cases we are unable to discover the nature of those properties which we perceive by our senses. Much less, therefore, is human reason capable of investigating all the truths about that most sublime essence. This agrees with the saying of the philosopher, where he says that our intellect is like the eye of a bat in relation to the sun, in relation to those primary things which are most evident in nature. To this truth holy writ also bears witness, for it is written, Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? Job 11.7 and Job 36.26 Behold, God is great, exceeding our knowledge. And 1 Corinthians 13.9 We know in part. Therefore, all that is said about God, though it cannot be investigated by reason, must not be immediately rejected as false as the Manichaeans and many unbelievers have thought. And I'll just add a thought here at the end of this chapter. How much more so today do we find people like this and... I'm sure I myself even fall into this category where if we ne cannot understand something, then we think that it must not be true because our understanding must determine what's true. But obviously not everyone is gifted with a intelligence of the same level. And how much more so do angels have a greater intelligence than we do? And how much more so is God's intelligence infinitely greater than theirs? So we must recognize that God is the judge of what is true, not our own human intellect, although it certainly has the capacity to understand some true things. Chapter 4 
that the truth about divine things which is attainable by reason is fittingly proposed to man as an object of belief. While then, the truth of the intelligible things of God is twofold, one to which the inquiry of reason can attain, the other which surpasses the whole range of human reason, both are fittingly proposed by God to man as an object of belief. We must first show this with regard to that truth which is attainable by the inquiry of reason, lest it appears to some that, since it can be attained by reason, it is useless to make it an object of faith by supernatural inspiration. Now there would be three unsuitable consequences if this truth were left solely to the inquiry of reason. One is that few men would have knowledge of God, for very many are hindered from gathering the fruit of diligent inquiry, which is the discovery of truth, for three reasons. Some, indeed, on account of an indisposition of temperament from which they are naturally indisposed to knowledge, so that no efforts of theirs would enable them to reach the attainment of the highest degree of human knowledge, which consists in knowing God. Some are hindered by the needs of household affairs, for there must be among men some that devote themselves to the conduct of temporal affairs, who would be unable to devote so much time to the leisure of contemplative research as to reach the summit of human inquiry, namely the knowledge of God. And some are hindered by laziness, for in order to acquire the knowledge of God in those things which reason is able to investigate, one must have a previous knowledge of many things, for almost the entire consideration of philosophy is directed to the knowledge of God, on account of which metaphysics, which is about divine things, is the last of the parts of philosophy to be studied. Thus it is not possible to arrive at the inquiry about the aforesaid truth except after a most laborious study, and few are willing to take upon themselves this labor out of the love of knowledge, even though God has instilled natural desire for it in the minds of men. The second inconvenience is that those who would arrive at the discovery of the aforesaid truth would scarcely succeed in doing so after a long time. First, because this truth is so profound that the human intellect is only enabled to grasp it by reason after long practice. Second, because many things are required beforehand, as stated above. Third, because the mind is not fit for the knowledge of so sublime a truth at the time of youth, when tossed about by the various movements of the passions. But calm gives prudence and knowledge. Hence mankind would remain in the deepest darkness of ignorance if the path of reason were the only available way to the knowledge of God, because the knowledge of God, which especially makes men perfect and good, would be acquired only by the few, and by these only after a long time. The third inconvenience is that much falsehood is mingled with the investigations of human reason on account of our intellect's weakness in forming judgments and the admixture of phantasms. Consequently, many would remain in doubt about those things even which are most truly demonstrated while ignoring the force of the demonstration, especially when they perceive that different things are taught by the various men who are called wise. Moreover, among the many demonstrated truths, there is sometimes a mixture of falsehood which is not demonstrated but asserted for some probable or sophistical reason which at times is mistaken for a demonstration. Therefore, it was necessary that definite certainty and pure truth about divine things should be offered to man by the way of faith. Therefore, the divine clemency helpfully provides that even some things which reason is able to investigate are held by faith, so that all may share in the knowledge of God easily 
and without doubt or error. Thus it is written, You must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. Ephesians 4.17-18 And all your sons shall be taught by the Lord. Isaiah 54.13 Chapter 5 That those things which cannot be investigated by reason are fittingly proposed to man as an object of faith. It may appear to some that those things which cannot be investigated by reason ought not to be proposed to man as an object of faith, because divine wisdom provides for each thing according to the mode of its nature. We must therefore prove that it is also necessary for those things which surpass reason to be proposed by God to man as an object of faith. For no man tends to do a thing by his desire and endeavor unless it be previously known to him. Thus, since man is directed by divine providence to a higher good than human frailty can attain in the present life, as we shall show in the sequel, his mind had to be bidden to something higher than those things to which our reason can reach in the present life, so that he might learn to aspire and to tend by his endeavors to something surpassing the whole state of the present life. And this is especially true about the Christian religion, which alone promises spiritual and eternal goods, for which reason it proposes many things surpassing the thought of man. But the old law, which contained promises of temporal things, proposed few things above human inquiry. It was with this motive that the philosophers, to wean men from sensible pleasures to virtue, took care to show that there are other goods of greater account than those which appeal to the senses, the taste of which things affords much greater delight to those who devote themselves to active or contemplative virtues. Again, this truth needed to be proposed to man as an object of faith, so that he may have truer knowledge of God. For we only know God truly when we believe that he is far above all that man can possibly think of God. For the divine essence surpasses man's natural knowledge, as stated above. Thus, by the fact that certain things about God are proposed to man which surpass his reason, he is strengthened in his opinion that God is far above what he is able to think. Another advantage results from this, namely, the checking of presumption, which is the mother of error. For there are some who presume so far of their wits that they think themselves capable of measuring the whole nature of things by their intellect, namely, thinking all things are true that seem so to them, and false which do not. Accordingly, so that man's mind might be freed from this presumption and seek the truth humbly, it was necessary that God should propose to man certain things far surpassing his intellect. Yet another advantage is made apparent by the words of the philosopher, for when a certain Simonides maintained that man should neglect the knowledge of God and apply his mind to human affairs, and declared that a man ought to relish human things and immortal, mortal things, the philosopher contradicted him, saying that a man ought to devote himself to immortal and divine things as much as he can. Hence he says that though we perceive but little of higher substances, yet that little is more loved and desired than all the knowledge we have of lower substances. He also says that when questions about the heavenly bodies can be answered by a short and probable solution, the hearer rejoices greatly. All this shows that however imperfect the knowledge of the highest things may be, it bestows very great perfection on the soul. And consequently, Although human reason is unable to fully grasp things above reason, 
it nevertheless acquires much perfection if at least it holds things in any way whatever by faith. Thus it is written, Matters too great for human understanding have been shown to you. Sirach 3.25 And the things that are of God no man knows, but the Spirit of God, but to God has, hath revealed them by his Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10 Chapter 6 That it is not a mark of levity to assent to the things that are of faith, although they are above reason. Now those who believe this truth, of which reason affords a proof, believe not lightly, as though following foolish fables, 2 Peter 1.16. For divine wisdom himself, who knows all things most fully, deigned to reveal to man the secrets of God's wisdom, and by suitable arguments proves his presence and the truth of his doctrine and inspiration by performing works surpassing the capability of the whole of nature, namely the wondrous of healing the sick, the raising of the dead to life, a marvelous control over the heavenly bodies, and what excites yet more wonder, the inspiration of human minds. So the unlettered and simple persons are filled with the Holy Spirit, and in one instant are endowed with the most sublime wisdom and eloquence. And after considering these arguments, convinced by the strength of the proof, and not by the force of arms, nor by the promise of delights, but, and this is the greatest marvel of all, amidst the tyranny of persecutions, a countless crowd of not only simple, but also of the wisest men, embraced the Christian faith, which inculcates things surpassing all human understanding, curbs the pleasures of the flesh, and teaches contempt of all worldly things. That the minds of mortal beings should assent to such things is both the greatest of miracles and the evident work of divine inspiration, seeing that they despise visible things and desire only those things that are invisible. And that this happened not suddenly nor by chance, but by the disposition of God, is shown by the fact that God foretold that he would do so by the manifold oracles of the prophets, whose books we hold in veneration as bearing witness to our faith. This particular kind of proof is alluded to in Hebrews 2, 3-4, which namely the salvation of mankind, having begun to be declared by the Lord, was confirmed with us by them that heard him, God also bearing witness by signs and wonders in diverse distributions of the Holy Spirit. Now such a wondrous conversion of the world to the Christian faith is a most indubitable proof that such signs did take place, so that there is no need to repeat them when they are so evidently apparent from their effect. For it would be the most wondrous sign of all if, without any wondrous signs, the world were persuaded by simple and lowly men to believe things so arduous, to accomplish things so difficult, and to hope for things so sublime. Although even in our time God does not cease to work miracles through his saints in the confirmation of the faith. On the other hand, those who introduced the errors of the sects proceeded in a contrary fashion, as is clear from Muhammad, who enticed peoples with the promise of carnal pleasures, to the desire of which the concupiscence of the flesh instigates. He also delivered commandments in keeping with his promises by giving the reins to carnal pleasure in which it is easy for carnal men to obey. Also the lessons of truth which he inculcated were only such as can be easily known to any man of average wisdom by his natural powers. In fact, he mingled the truths which he taught with many fables and most false doctrines. 
nor did he add any signs of supernatural agency, which alone are a fitting witness to divine inspiration, since a visible work that can only be from God proves the teacher of truth to be invisibly inspired. But he asserted that he was sent in the power of arms, which sign is not lacking even to robbers and tyrants. Again, those who believed in him from the outset were not wise men practiced in things divine and human, but bestial men who dwelt in the deserts, utterly ignorant of all divine teaching. And it was by a multitude of such men and the force of arms that he compelled others to submit to his law. Lastly, no divine oracles of prophets in a previous age bore witness to him. Rather, he corrupted almost all the teaching of the Old and New Testaments by a narrative replete with fables, as one may see by a perusal of his law. Hence, by a cunning device, he did not commit the reading of the Old and New Testament books to his followers, lest he should thereby be convicted of falsehood. Thus it is evident that those who believe his words believe lightly. Chapter 7 That the truth of reason is not in opposition to the truth of the Christian faith. Now, though the aforesaid truth of the Christian faith surpasses the ability of human reason, nevertheless those things which are naturally instilled in human reason cannot be opposed to this truth. For it is clear that those things which are implanted in reason by nature are most true, so much so that it is impossible to think them to be false. Nor is it lawful to deem false that which is held by faith, since it is so evidently confirmed by God. Seeing then that the false alone is opposed to the true, as is obvious if we examine their definitions, it is impossible for the aforesaid truth of faith to be contrary to those principles which reason knows naturally. Again, the same thing which the disciple's mind receives from its teacher is contained in the knowledge of the teacher, unless he teaches fictitiously, which is wicked to say of God. Now the knowledge of naturally known principles is instilled into us by God, since God himself is the author of our nature. Therefore, the divine wisdom also contains these principles. Consequently, whatever is contrary to these principles is contrary to the divine wisdom. Therefore, it cannot be from God. Therefore, those things which are received by faith from divine revelation cannot be contrary to our natural knowledge. Moreover, contrary arguments bind our intellect so that it cannot advance to the knowledge of truth. Therefore, if conflicting knowledge knowledges were instilled into us by God, our intellect would thereby be hindered from knowing the truth, and this cannot be ascribed to God. Furthermore, things of the natural are unchangeable, so long as nature remains. Now, contrary opinions cannot be together in the same subject. Therefore, God does not instill into man any opinion or belief contrary to natural knowledge. Hence the Apostle says, The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. This is the word of faith which we preach. Romans 10.8 Yet, because it surpasses reason, some look upon it as though it were contrary to reason, which is impossible. This is confirmed also by the authority of Augustine, who says, That which truth shall make known can in no way be in opposition to the holy books, whether of the Old or of the New Testament. From this we may evidently conclude that whatever arguments are alleged against the teachings of faith, they do not rightly proceed from the first self-evident principles instilled by nature. Hence, they lack the force of demonstration and are either probable or sophistical arguments, and consequently, 
it is possible to solve them. Chapter 8 In what relation human reason stands to the truth of faith? It would also seem well to observe that sensible things from which human reason derives the source of its knowledge retain a certain trace of likeness to God, but so imperfect that it proves altogether inadequate to manifest the substance itself of God. For effects resemble their causes according to their own mode, since like action proceeds from like agent. And yet the effect does not always reach to a perfect likeness to the agent. Accordingly, human reason is adapted to the knowledge of the truth of faith, which can be known in the highest degree only by those who see the divine substance. Insofar as it is able to put together certain probable arguments in support of it, which nevertheless are insufficient to enable us to understand the aforesaid truth as though it were demonstrated or understood in itself. And yet, however weak these arguments may be, it is useful for the human mind to be practiced in them, so long as it does not pride itself on having comprehended or demonstrated, since although our views of the sublimest things is limited and weak, it is most pleasant to be able to catch but a glimpse of them, as appears from what has been said. The authority of Hillary concords with this, for he says while speaking of the same truth, Begin by believing these things, advance and persevere, and though I know you will not arrive, I shall rejoice at your advance. For he who devoutly follows in pursuit of the infinite, though he never come up with it, will always advance by setting forth. Yet do not pry into that secret, and do not meddle in the mystery of the birth of the infinite nor presume to grasp that which is the summit of understanding, but understand that there are things you cannot grasp. Chapter 9 Of the Order and Mode of Procedure in this Work Accordingly, from that which we have been saying, it is evident that the intention of the wise man must be directed to the twofold truth of divine things and to the refutation of contrary errors and that the reason's investigation can reach one of these, but the other surpasses every effort of reason. And I speak of a twofold truth of divine things not on the part of God himself, who is truth, one and simple, but on the part of our knowledge, which has a variable relation to the knowledge of divine things. Therefore, in order to deduce the first kind of truth, we must proceed by demonstrative arguments by which we can convince our adversaries. But since there are no such arguments in support of the second kind of truth, our intention must be not to convince our opponent by our arguments, but to solve the arguments which he brings against the truth, because, as shown above, natural reason cannot be opposed to the truth of faith. In a special way, the opponent of this kind of truth may be convinced by the authority of Scripture confirmed by God with miracles, since we do not believe what is above human reason unless God has revealed it. In support, however, of this kind of truth, certain probable arguments must be adduced for their practice and help of the faithful, but not for the conviction of our opponents, because the very insufficiency of these arguments would rather confirm them in their error if they thought that we assented to the truth of faith on account of such weak reasonings. With the intention, then, of proceeding in the manner laid down, we shall first endeavor to declare that truth, which is the object of faith's confession, and of reason's researches, by adducing arguments both demonstrative and probable, some of which we have gathered from the writings of the philosophers and of holy men, so as to thereby confirm the truth and convince our opponents.
After this, so as to proceed from the more or the less manifest, we shall, with God's help, proceed to declare that truth which surpasses reason by refuting the arguments of our opponents and by setting forth the truth of faith by means of probable arguments and authority. Seeing then that we intend by the way of reason to pursue those things about God which human reason is able to investigate, the first object that offers itself to our consideration consists in those things which pertain to God in himself. The second will be the procession of creatures from him, and the third the relation of creatures to him as their end. Of those things which we need to consider about God in, in himself, we must give the first place as to the necessary foundation of this whole work, to the question of demonstrating that there is a God. If this is not established, the entire consideration of divine things is taken away. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.